Man, I, I like this donut, Braden. Oh, they're chocolate this week. It's great. <laughs> I, I've never had a, you know. I would have got chocolate the last time, but. Uh, pardon my usage of the word really fucking cheap, but I've never had like a chocolate covered <laughs> really fucking cheap donut, you know? Yeah, listen, Franz, uh, they make super cheap donuts. It was a good, right. good Franz vintage. Mm-hmm. They've been real good every time you've had them in here. Doesn't expire for 42 years. Yeah, the last one's expired in like. Within a week. This I mean, that's just a best buy. Let's be real. Right. They don't expire. Right. No, they, they age. <laughs> Braden, are you ready to do an intro on this podcast? Well, no. Uh, <laughs> well, my name is Braden, and I'm here to say... Oh, God. <laughs> I'm on a podcast, and I'm very uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't rhyme. I'm sorry. <laughs> let me go home. I wanna, <laughs> just let me Welcome to the Perfectly Acceptable Podcast by the Comics Place, where every week we get a bunch of comics from UPS, yeah? Yeah. And then we bring them up to our comic shop, and we sort them up, pull them for our customers, put them in file cabinets for our customers, Uh, then we take them home and read them wherever we like to read them, and then we come back here and talk about the comings and goings of our lives and other things, comics. Comics? Comics and the comings and goings of our lives. I read some comics. Is there something else we talk about? The um, shop. Really, oh, the shop. What's really lights. important is comings and goings. Comings and goings. It's yeah. important to be aware of where people are coming and going from. And, and to. And what you're reading. Important. Very important. Mm. Um, I guess I probably missed something, but I don't care. No, that seemed really good. Yeah. Who are you? Laser beam <laughs> intro. Ooh. Hey, Brayden, what's your favorite sound effect for a laser? Um, ooh. The... X-Men animated series, Cyclops, probably. And well, what is that phonetically? What's it break down to? That's a bad laser. <laughs> that was like a, a laser's last shot. <laughs> the laser if that's what your laser. Marvel Hour buckshot round is going to be like, I'm not interested. Listen, there's no way I can replicate that perfect sound. No, no, I mean, so like, uh, not the sound, because optic blast. But like, if you want to read it in a comic, what, how do you want it spelled? Well, I haven't read... All of the X-Men Adventures series, which is the comic based on actual episodes of the show. So I don't know what sound effects they used. Is it is it more of a... Or a... It's deeper, yeah. More like that. That's a really good one. What's yours, Jeff? Um, well, I'm not super, super tied to any of them. But yeah, I want it to be... Um, but Brayden, like, there's been times where we've even, like, one of his earlier podcasts, he was like, but look at this laser sound effect, because it was great. And it was, like, a very genuine, like, Kazak or something. Yeah. Like, yeah. X-Men Gold issue whatever last week, uh, Cyclops shoots a Sentinel in the face with his blast, and it was... That's all I want in comics. That's why I'm here. That was... I think that was issue... 472. X-Men 472 Hunter. Legacy Legend leg. No, but that's... <sighs> are, are, are Gold and Blue both renumbering? To... Well, they're combining. And they're all... I don't really know. I don't 100. know. 100? I don't know. Maybe uh, Braden's Marvel Power Hour can Yeah, no, us. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lay it all out there and see. <laughs> no, I'm Jeff. 
I'm Django. I'm Brayton. <laughs> and this week we're going to talk a little bit about <laughs> Michael Cray, number one. Uh, also, <laughs> Mr. Miracle, number three. And <laughs> The Family Trade, number one. Followed by Kazak, Marvel 3. What? Marvel 3? Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to have a Marvel Power Hour, that's for sure. Kazak, Metal 3. <laughs> and <laughs> Lazaretto 2. And Pew! Action Comics 989. And God Complex number one. And then probably the uh, Brayden Smith <laughs> Power <laughs> Hour of Marvel. <laughs> that, that patented Brayden Smith <laughs> Marvel Brayden Power Smith's Hour. Mighty Marvel Power Hour. We're going to have, the, the podcast is going to be an hour longer now. Uh, just moving <laughs> Sorry, forward. we know people have, like, let us know and, like, they've sent in complaints. It's, We're getting, it's a, getting lot a lot of long, complaints. You know? A lot of complaints. So many, so many people asked us to just move the Marvel comics to their own podcast. <laughs> Enter Brayden. <So>, yeah. <laughs> Also, to do any Marvel comics. <laughs> um, listen, all of these books have content, and uh, oh shit, we're going to talk about all that content. We didn't spoil anything yet. Oh god, <laughs> the, except that there's going to be a power hour. <laughs> um, hey, listen, uh, you guys. Before before this whole thing kicks off, uh, I found two little bits of news that I thought were interesting. Are they of a tid variety? Yeah, tidbits. <laughs> Tid Bits of tids. Brayden. Um, <laughs> the first one, uh, just this is you know new to the world of comic books, and this is this isn't this isn't you know this is just two little bits of comic book news that I was excited to tell Django about because I know that particularly you're going to be excited about this. Is there a shadow movie coming? Better. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. About coming that. down the old Marvel pipeline. Oh. X Men Venom crossover. <gasps> called Poison X. As a comic book. <laughs> <laughs> I can hear the you're excitement the, you're in like your voice. You're like the big Venom guy. Right? I am. I, I have become you're the Venomverse. Dude. I have become Venom, the Venomverse dude. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, I mean, it's easy to become a wow. fan of because, like, I think Eddie Brock is one of the real inspirations for the Shadow. And yeah. like in the far reaches of space, the poisons attack the Marvel universe, starting with X Men Annual, X Men Blue Annual Number One. You're pumped, right? The poisons? Yeah, it's, aren't they from Venomverse? <laughs> you're reading right? Venomverse. You, you're the Venomverse oh, guy. Oh, those guys. Yeah. Wait, it's an annual crossover? I don't know. If, I know you like annual crossovers. It starts with X-Men Blue <laughs> annual. Dude, if it's an annual crossover, I'm 100% sold. If it's in regular issues, wait, I'm wait, not wait. so pumped. So it's an annual and the start of an event. Yeah. So is that like $10? <laughs> It's Marvel, so it could be. So that's one interesting thing. Twenty-five I, pages, only ten dollars. <laughs> and when I, when I, when I, you know, I'm surfing the comic book blogosphere, mm-hmm. you know, I always <laughs> tie it into my interest to several other people. Um, and these were just two Django newses that came up. Oh man, I've got some Django tidbit news as well. Okay, good. Oh, so here's my the, my my left tidbit. I feel for like you. a princess. Um, <laughs> and uh, this was slightly more serious. Um, did you know that the artist in the new Moon Knight series is Jason Burroughs? I did hear about that. And not only that, but it looks pretty awesome. So you're yeah. Right to Edgar Rice? So Jason Burroughs Cousins. is the guy that he did a lot of books for Garth Ennis. And he co-created Cross. And, yeah. And, the definitive and did Django some book. really <laughs> fucked up comics for Avatar. Um, and just can't really seem to get enough drawing enough of drawing like really really gross shit and if you're friends with him on facebook as i am oh you can tell that he's holding himself back for the (laughs) sake of avatar so him on a marvel book is baffling to me wait holding holding back on avatar holding back on avatar like yeah 
this guy's fucked and it's awesome like he, he draws some of the grisliest stuff around and i'm i'm into that but can you tell me some of the high points of how being friends with jason burroughs on facebook plays out i've only ever really seen him post about moon Knight. oh you guys don't talk or but i forgot about it not yet but i'm gonna i want to okay. get him on here oh I don't know about me. that, but I would try. Was so was that the was that the other tidbit that was going to stand yeah. up and bark like a dog? <laughs> that, was, that was it, man. <laughs> I uh, listen. All right, I all can't be chocolate covered Franz donuts, which mm. we have here in the room, the recording studio. It's because they grow out of Braden. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you are Mr. Franz, <laughs> Mama Franz. I try. What? Uh, I listen, heard you had a tidbit. Um, you like the shadow. You like crust. You like that gory stuff. Uh, we got another comic that's been gone for a while. It's coming back. Uh, that way past cool blue blur Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh. Oh. It's coming back next year with fan favorite Ian Flynn and Tyson Hess on art. That's that Whoa. dirty shit. Oh, yeah. I know you're into that dirty, dirty shit. Man. Is it going to be like uh, Sonic the Hedgehog colon Tijuana Bible? The recovering mm-hmm. meth addict. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he can't slow down. You nailed it. That's the whole title. <laughs> Yeah, we've been around. Did the you read the same press blog. release? Um, <laughs> didn't did you post it on our Facebook, which then shows up on my Twitter? Who me? <laughs> we just we just uh, we can predict things. Oh yeah, we we know things about things. Do oh, you yeah. hear that Brainiac is actually Jor-El? <gasps> I hope so because Jor-El's pretty <laughs> stupid. So you guys, um, Michael Cray, spoiler. <laughs> spoiler at the last issue here. Uh, Michael Cray number one, the first of this Warren Ellis Wildstorm universe non Warren Ellis written this Wild book. Warren Storm. Um, this is by Brian Hill with Warren Ellis writing and N. Stephen Harris and Dexter Vines with Steve Bucoletto. Um, so this is about Michael Cray? Yeah, I like the I like the preview. The preview had me interested enough to pick it up. I haven't read it yet, though. Was the, it The dialogue was very Ellis-y, I think. Yeah, the dialogue was not the problem that there was in this book. Is, that, is it weird that it's like Ellis-y, but not being written by Ellis? Well, he co-plotted it with this guy. This oh, okay. is like, he's writing Wildstorm, and <clears throat> he had said originally that there was going to be, uh, like, two spinoffs, and then the main book was going to become a second book at some point. So, this is one of those spinoffs, and it's going to be 12 issues, it looks like. Is it going to become a second book, like, that lady becomes a second person? Was Michael Cray a part, like, Django, you are aware of Wildstorm as a comic book series before Warren Ellis, right? Yeah, if I'm right, Wildstorm was Jim Lee's imprint from uh, Image in the olden days. So he did Wildcats, and that... Stormwatch? Uh, this was way before Stormwatch. Oh, this was like, when Image launched, it was Spawn, Wildcats, Youngblood, Savage Dragon, Shadowhawk... That might be it. Like that. That was like the big launch, and then things started sp- to spider out from there. And they were all in the same universe, but they w- had different worlds. So Michael Cray was part of Jim Lee's imprint of Image. So he was Deathblow. Okay, so this is Deathblow. Yeah, Deathblow. That's the guy with like the American flag mask, right? No, that was somebody else. This is this is just like a super burly okay. um, military dude, and I'm not sure if he was black. Okay. I can't remember. He, it might have just been colored so kind of gray and washed out that you never really knew. So this basically is an origin story from this that guy. The complaints that I have with this book are exclusively on the art. You guys, if I, you're gonna put graffiti into your book, like 
care about the message. This is like he's standing in front of a wall of graffiti and it just says rock. Yeah. Like, no graffiti artist is like, I'm going to fucking tag this wall up with the word rock. Like, rock! some out, unless it's, Listen, the, unless it's in metal. We had that X-Men gold thing happen. We can't do anything with the graffiti now. That's true. That's... You're right. Never mind. My problem with back. the, <laughs> no. my, my problem with the art was uh, that none of the people made sense. None of the angles of anything else made sense. That marble table there? That marble table there has bothered me since the, the preview came out. You're an angle guy. I'm just a guy that doesn't want it to look like somebody's body is inside of the counter that they're standing well, at. Well, it's wishful thinking. No. Like, the, the, the objects in this aren't even consistent with themselves. Mm. And I don't, I don't know that it's a stylistic choice. Or no, I just think it's not. I just think the, the artist doesn't have a real good grasp on that. And I don't think he's a great... I, yeah, I think he's a real, real middle tier artist. Is what the whole thing felt like to me. It's got style. Like it's, uh-huh. it's not just a straight up DC, like a low end DC house style. It's got a little bit more than that, but it's, it's almost like this belongs in, uh, like a Turok comic or something from Dynamite. Yeah, I can see that. It's, it's not the end of the world, but I, I enjoyed the story a lot more than I liked the art. Yeah, I like the character. I like the world. I'm glad that, like, the main universe of this book is not really been interacting with DC, and I'm glad that if they are if they feel like it's necessary that it is an Elseworlds book, like, mm-hmm. this is a totally non-Green Arrow, unless this is, is I don't know, it doesn't this seem like... Earth 53 is where this is And happening. I would take that. Um, speaking of which, this is episode 51. We're coming <gasps> up on 52. Oh, man. We ought to tell Dan Didio about that. Oh, God. Dan's going to call him. Congrats, guys. Proud on that 52. I'll be back for 104. <laughs> I really like decks of cards. Well, <laughs> Dan, we can't, and we can't do months in a year. We can't do 104. We have to start over again, right? We have to relaunch. Yeah, we, yeah, we do. <laughs> we do. Um, and we'll just get another press release from Dan Didio there. Jane, that was an on point Dan Didio presentation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could almost swear he was in the room with us. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I give this a 7.5. I think I would probably give it a 6.5 if it weren't connected to Wildstorm. Like, I like the story, and it was interesting enough, but knowing that it ties into this book that I am quite invested in makes it a lot better to me. I'm going to give it a, a six. Uh, I think I would have given it an eight if I'd liked the art. Yeah, no, and I... The, like, the art was a real deal-breaker for yeah. me. There, there were, like, two panels that I thought were okay and, like, seven panels that I was just straight-up confused by. Mm-hmm. Like, I couldn't mm-hmm. tell who a person was because none of it was consistent. Gosh, yeah, no, I hate to... Like, ever say, like, an artist is bad or, like, doing a bad job, but, like, if you're, like, leaving the reader confused, it's it was it's just, frustrating. Yeah, and it was just, like, you, you'll get better, but you're not better yet. Yeah. <laughs> and and maybe it's uh, maybe it's time to percolate a little bit more on on angles and how, like, even the cover there doesn't, it doesn't make sense. No, but it almost kind of looks like Bill Sienkiewicz. It's I mean, Dennis Cohen who inked Sienkiewicz. Oh, this is the guy who did that uh, Deathstroke Kirby one shot oh, yeah. with uh, Black Racer. That did, was awesome. They, they did the question to get. Uh, they Cohen did the question. I think Sienkiewicz inked him for it. Um, okay, so moving right along, fancy free, Mister Miracle, Mister Miracle. <laughs> I mean, we got to talk about it because it's kind of one of the it books right now, and I have really liked the first two issues, and I still like this a lot. This this issue is by uh, Tom King with Mick, Mitch Garretts, 
on pencils, inks, colors, and the variant cover. Uh, with Clayton Cowles lettering and Nick Darrington doing another cover. Jeez, Mitch. Wow. Mitch is a greedy boy, isn't he? Well, no, that's what I love about this book is it really does feel like two people after doing Sheriff of Baghdad Babylon, like just deciding like, all right, we're going to make a book. Don't interfere with it. Like yeah. I'm just like, and that's sort of how I am about stuff. Like just let me, leave me alone and I'll take care of all of this and maybe it'll go slow, but I don't like, I would rather not have other people touch this. And, and if then. I want to decapitate granny goodness, fuck you. I'm going to decapitate Absolutely. granny goodness. Dig it up. Content. <laughs> It's like in the first three pages. That doesn't count as a spoiler. No, you're right. Um, this this has it's interesting to me. This whole book is done in the nine panel grid. You know, <laughs> like it's it's still going is, on like is that. It every page in this issue, pretty much. Um, I think so. I don't think it's even pretty much. I think yeah, no, absolutely, it, I yeah. Think every single page is the nine panel grid, which is I like that, especially the last page. I really like how much they are. Like, whatever digital disruption mm. Mitch Garrett is putting mm-hmm. into all the paneling, like, the convergence goes off like a television would, or, like, the panel borders are, like, fucked up digital VHS, like, synth pop vaporwave. And it's not the same thing over and over and no. over, which is no. what you would see from somebody who wasn't as good as him. No, he's, like, clearly drawing the comic and then spending days, like, just messing up the work that he did. Messing up the nine-panel grid. Yeah. Blurring it. Metaphors. I think this book's got a lot to do uh, metaphors. <clears throat> I I wish that it was going where it was going a little bit faster, that, like because it's still waiting in this really kind of ang- anxious feeling of like not knowing what's real or not real. But that's yeah. clearly what Mister Miracle's going through, and as a result of that, I I, I think it's good comic booking, but it is um, kind of stressful. It's and it's supposed to be twelve issues, and it's going to be so far. The first three have felt pretty similar, and like. Well, at least the second and third ones felt pretty similar, and just in terms of how much this guy's getting beaten down, and I like it, and it's done well, but I don't know if I can handle like twelve whole issues of it. Well, he's got to escape, right? Yeah, yeah. I hope he does. I think a really interesting thing about this is he is on one end fighting this war on Apocalypse for High Father against Dark Side, and then like. Orion or Bug comes to visit him at some point and he's on leave from the war here on Earth, like mm-hmm. living this horrible... And I feel like that did a pretty spot-on job of what I imagine it's like to be on leave in an actual war. Like, he's fucked up and he can't actually feel at all like a normal human being or whatever he is on Earth because he's got to go back to this crazy, other-dimensional, like, insane war. Like, He's not done. He's just on a short break. Yeah, and it's he's questioning his sanity all the time, and he had attempted suicide, and now he's basically the big thing we get out of this is he starts questioning um, if maybe the anti-life equation is inside of him, and he yeah. approaches Orion and asks him if that's a thing that he's dealing with at all, and that's that's a pretty big step forward, and that's a cool yeah, idea. It is, and Orion's an asshole. He's such a butt. He kind of looks like the face of God, though. If you look at him right Oh, now. you stole that from Django. <laughs> <laughs> this is the face of God. This is the face of God. I read that page a couple <clears throat> times trying to create a flow of voice that made... Like, what, what? Justin would have loved that rep- repetition. Gosh. Yeah. Um, so a couple things I liked about this issue were the, uh, the Mr. Miracle number one cover that Scott has hanging up in his house. Oh, yeah. Um, because like this this character is a lot more meta than I think he ever really has been. 
um, as far as being a celebrity and, and kind of looping back to other comic books and, and stories. Um, and then I also, I think, and I know that Tom King has used the nine panel grid a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but aside from Watchmen, my main familiarity with the nine panel grid comes from the uh, Justice League from Giffen and Dematis. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was almost all nine-panel grid, uh, very much like this. And M- Mr. Miracle was a big part of hmm. that series um, from that uh, omnibus that we just got this week. I want that. Did you hear James Burke talking about how the original art for that cover sold for $7,500 hmm. for the wraparound Justice League Good Guys and Bad Guys cover? Mm-hmm. That's Jeez. crazy. Just think about that Marvel Legacy cover. Oh, man. That probably would have... Sold for upwards of lenticular dollars. I heard the Joe Casada's comic book art collection was just stolen, and it was appraised at like two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Yowza! So, I wonder if he wants to borrow any issues from me. <laughs> Twenty-seven you panels haven't. of Mister Miracle climbing up scaffolding and oh, then being dropped down in a box and escaping. And escaping. Spoiler alert! I I really liked that part. I love when he's in costume in this book. Yeah, I don't know. There's not not a lot new to say in this book for me yet. I don't trust Barda entirely as much as I would like to. You don't trust that she's Barda. Yeah, or yeah. that or that she's good or or something. There, there's something going on. There's just a lot going on that we don't know yet, and it makes me feel anxious while I'm reading it. If but they if they make her not totally loyal to Scott, that's a problem. Yeah, yeah, I would be upset with that. I gave I give this uh, an eight. Or an eight point five, actually. I, I'm I'm really impressed with the art and the flow of it. I I am very excited for it to be moving forward and be getting more out of it. But I kind of think that's the mark of a good thing. It's like the new Twin Peaks. Like if it was giving me what I wanted the entire time, it wouldn't be as gratifying to get things that are mm-hmm. that are real cool out of it. So an eight point five, real solid book. Oh uh, yeah, that's that's how I feel. I'm gonna give it a, an eight um, for the issue. So far, I think the series, this is weird. I give each issue probably an eight or better, and I think I would give the series a lower score every single month. Hmm. And that makes sense to me because it is, it's like great comic booking, but it's, I almost like swallow it under the awareness that it's going to make more sense later on. It's kind of like how I would read a Grant Morrison comic book. Like, I, I appreciate it with the assumption that, if I were to read it again, things would make more sense and it would be better because the actual execution of it seems real good. Yeah. Roll good. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, eight, eight paranoid pills out of ten. Oh. <laughs> you know, I was uh, reading this while I was out at the old Applebee's oh. uh, drinking my $1 margaritas. You're drinking your own paranoid pills. My own $1 margarita paranoid pills. Ooh. All October, you guys. Lime-flavored poison. Lime-flavored poison. $1 each. I can't wait. I heard that they're kind of hydrating because they put so much water in them. Yeah, you said you saw them make up those things. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a five gallon bucket, and the guy was making ten gallons of uh, margarita. It was uh, like one bottle of tequila, an equal amount of margarita mix that came in a jug, and then uh, three parts water. That's and that what was it. Like yeah. yeah, yeah, a gallon of booze, gallon of margarita, three gallons of water. Uh, God, I he love said, this "I'm a bartender." All I do is mix these, and they're just like on the floor in gross buckets. I was gonna say it. It took them. <laughs> I was like, "Can I get another one of these?" And with like, I think before I finished this sentence, she was already bringing me it was out on a mug tap. of it. Yeah, yeah. Ugh, I know what he wants. <laughs> no, she. Did you get food? 
Yeah, I got a. I got. I was. I did. I felt guilty about getting one dollar margaritas. Margies. Oh, that's how they get you. Yeah. Well, but I was there during ha- happy hour, so I got half off an appetizer. Did like I tell you about bucks. the last time I ever went to an Applebee's? No. Yeah. Was when you went and got one dollar Margies with Jeff? No, it was when the the food the behind me smelled exactly like the diaper I had just changed. Oh. Oh. It was Max's diaper. Max's diaper. Max's, okay. It's Max's diaper, and he's nineteen now. <laughs> so. That was a long ass time ago. Poor Max. <laughs> Just let him let, let him be. Come on. Let him live it down. Dude, his shit smelled so good it was like an Applebee's feast. Oh, 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 <laughs> Max. Smelling good in the neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so let's talk about the family trade written by Justin Jordan and Nikki Ryan with art by Morgan Beam, lettered yeah. by Rachel Deering. Uh let's. What'd you think, Braden? Uh I like the start of it. Uh-huh. And then it hit me hard with that exposition. Those those like four pages, like the history pages. Yeah, and I was just like, yeah, oof. I. It was fine and like maybe necessary, but I just don't like being hit over the head with exposition like that. Like yeah, so they've they've built a cool world here. This is uh, it's it's from Image, um, mm-hmm. and it's basically like at some point, uh, rich people. Where people started building a floating city, and uh, now rich people live up high. And this, the main character is this woman who is part of a family that tries to keep everything in line. Secret ninja family. Yeah, and uh, and there's like a very obvious Donald Trump allegory that's oh, trying gosh, to rile yeah. up the people. They need to get Eminem in there to drop a freestyle on him. Yeah, Ooh. and then talk about how awesome it is to rape people. Eminem. Mm-hmm. I mean, not this week. Back in the olden days. Eminem is a product of a very tough environment and life that he's <laughs> I, clearly made it through and risen above. Yeah, he said crazy things when he was young. Yeah. But I mean, didn't you say some crazy things last week? I said smarter stuff about Donald Trump than Eminem ever has. Did, did you listen to his thing? No, I don't want to. I didn't want to until I finally did. And was, I was it good? Impressed. Yeah, it's, it's right. a freestyle rap is something that I think is incredible like i think it's possible to like that and also still hate him for other things and i don't even hate eminem i i don't like a lot of stuff eminem has rapped about i think he revolutionized a corner of the rap industry Uh the first time i heard uh my name is Mm -hmm. i was just floored like that was that was something nobody ever heard or seen like him rapping to himself and answering himself in different voices and being gross and crude and like that was awesome i think that that person is a character and i think he got famous for being a little bit of a character (laughs) and i don't think that we should be so confused as to assume that a person is the character that they play everything is real. no one's you don't have to think he's actually that person he's still talking about him promoting it and making it it's using his powers for evil a little bit i think that's that's how I would see it. Once Man, I, I've never seen, I've never looked at all four of your guys' eyes and not seen them <laughs> eye to eye. Before. I've never felt so like I'm not looking at four eyes while looking at four eyes. I respect his skills more than I respect him, I think. That's that's where I'm coming from. Yeah. That's where I'm coming from. Anyway, this family trade comic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, um, yeah. So the art is kind of cool, like watercolory. Oh, yeah. I love watercolor. Um. Yeah, and I, I don't know if Morgan Beam is a, a guy or a girl. It uh, she's a she's a girl. She's a girl. Okay, I, I that was that was my first thought, and then I was like, well, maybe I'm. I called the the artist Nikki Ryan in the email on accident because that was the second name on the issue. But yeah, it is Morgan Beam. Oh, okay. In the art. Um, I thought that this was really cool. 
it's not necessarily the kind of comic that I would normally get into, but uh, it, it something about it grabbed me. Uh, I thought that the the text was really good, and the the thing that struck me though is like halfway through it, I thought, oh yeah, Family Trade by Boom, and this is absolutely by Image. Mm-hmm. It totally looks like a Boom. It book. looks like a Boom comic. It reads like a Boom comic. It's it's like. I, I if if I didn't know for a fact that it was image, I would think it was Boom and Boom is doing stuff right now that feels like image. So there's that that weird kind of shift going on there right now. Uh, it's weird that on Image's 25th year, they're doing a lot of 25th year. This year is like their weakest of the last four or five. Well, yeah, they 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 spent all of their money that they had to get Putting really awesome comics making that logo. <laughs> the art in this looks absolutely incredible. Mm. Like it, I, I didn't flip through it until right now. It and is, the writing I thought was really solid. Yeah, definitely. I thought all the dialogue, the narration was good. I just, I'm, I'm, I'm glad it started jumping right into it and gave me some Cold nice open. landscapes and stuff before it hit me with the exposition like that. Which I, I almost skipped a, like those four pages because uh-huh. I was like, is it really going to matter? And I kind of wish I had. I don't think it did. Like, I would be interested to see how long this story is supposed to be, um, mm. because I think they know this whole world, and they seem like they need to get that stuff out to you before right. they can continue the story. I, I, I'm with you, though. I prefer to be just kind of thrown into a uh, Mad Max Fury Road kind of situation. It, oh, yeah. These four pages right here? Yeah. Brayden, I'll read it without reading those four pages okay, until cool. you know it fits me. Because the art looks real nice. Yeah. What, how, what do you guys give it? Uh, I give it a six and a half, maybe a seven, and I'm definitely gonna keep reading it. I doubt it'll drop lower than that. Okay. Yeah, I would. I would say six and a half as well. It's. Uh, I'll definitely read another issue for sure. More than perfectly acceptable. Yeah, certainly. Yeah. The art in it reminded me a lot of the art in Lazaretto. Like just flipping through it, there's like something going on with like the coloring there. Yep. Like, I'm yeah. I'm not sure. What this style is, um, they both have some really like gorgeous work in it, but like the coloring is really, really similar. Do we want to yeah, skip is... to Lazaretto? Yeah, I was thinking maybe we should jump to Lazaretto next. Yeah, by, uh, by Clay McLeod Chapman, uh, illustrated by Jay Lee Vang, and lettered by Adia Bidkar. Bidikar. We talked about number one. We liked number one. Yeah. I like number one a lot. Yeah, yeah, number one had those nice bookends of, like, the first day of college and then the end of the first day of college, like, the apocalyptic. And it did a really great job of, like, capturing what it was like to go into college, mm-hmm. I feel like. Oh, yeah. And this kind of captures uh, what it's like to be sick and dying and still in college. <laughs> I remember that year. Like, this is this is a bunch of horny teenagers trying to go to a party, God. even though they're all dying this reminded me of like all the high schoolers that were then in college mm-hmm. acting like what they th- like high schoolers thought it meant to be like in college yeah, I was, while also dying i was trying to read this and being like not everyone was that bad in college and i was like there were some cool people in college and like there wasn't that many i like, can totally list them yeah <laughs> don't, i, I don't want to name them <laughs> like there was 20 maybe that i knew <laughs> yeah so this yeah. book is supposed to be like lord of the flies and a in a college because bacteria has caused them to need to be quarantined. It's I, like, I it's don't like a dog flu thing or canine flu. Yeah. But like, 
it just seems really interesting to me. I, I can't, like, this issue was significantly different than the last one, I feel like. Mm-hmm. It, it was it was more of a, a moment, whereas the other one was sort of establishing a scenario. Um, I'm, I'm interested to see where it's going to be going. Like, I, I really yeah. enjoyed it all the time I spent reading this. And I don't, like, it's just, I don't know where it's going. I don't know who I'm supposed to like. I don't know what the overall situation is. I do like this concept of, like, being trapped in a dorm room because you're quarantined there and then trying to construct some sort of a civilization there, like some yeah. type of a social so the hierarchy. hierarchy just happens right away with the uh, the RAs mm-hmm. taking the top floor and kicking every all the freshmen down to the bottom floor where there's not enough room for them all. Uh, and there's there's really nobody to like in this, right. especially, which, I mean, it's all right. There's, like, there's the two main characters. There's the guy and the girl. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but they haven't had much of a chance to, like, do or say anything because they're just getting thrown into this crazy scenarios that like they can't control and, at all. Yeah. And we don't know if, like, if these drugs that they're passing out are, like, party drugs or if they're just, like... a attempted vaccination drugs or yeah. i guess my confusion is is everybody infected in here it's yeah. hard to say they seem to indicate that some people weren't right that's what times. i thought too but they all look to be infected i wonder if it's going to turn out that this is some sort of experiment using <laughs> the uh the canine virus as a mask i like that idea a lot oh boy that'd be rough call me justin oh man Justin's gonna call in and have some theory about what it what uh, it is. He'll, he'll Just for listening to us, and it'll be right. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm gonna put him in a box if he does that. Ooh, yeah. Google cardboard Justin box. That's gonna make him call us back and mm. try to get out of that box. Mm. Mm. There's no service in there. <laughs> <laughs> um, this book was very visceral. It was and brutal, gross. Like the art isn't super polished. I mean, it's very effective. Should it be? No, it shouldn't be. Like the, the it's the art is as gross as the the people mm-hmm. seem, and like you can almost you can almost feel them coughing. And the like, there's there's a scene where uh, one of the main characters starts he starts hallucinating and he peels his arm up. Ah. Yeah, and I was and like, is it like, happening or not? Yeah, he peels the skin from his wrist all the way up to his his elbow pit, and whoa. It was it was super gross. That's not what I want to see in my e pits. No. Yeah. yeah, no. I loved I loved reading it in a, in the sense that like it made me feel horrible and grossed out and uncomfortable. I my only complaint is that there was absolutely no breathing room. Like I had no chance to catch my breath between like. Neither do these kids, Braden. Neither yeah. do these kids. Well, I'm not in their situation. Great <laughs> point and <laughs> counterpoint, you boys. Great point and <laughs> counterpoint. Um, this so it just hit me a second ago that this book kind of reminds me of an image book that I'll bet neither of you have read. This is Boom, though. That's a thing. Well, that's true. <laughs> that's true. But it reminds me of No Mercy, mm. which <clears throat> it's not It's not that confined thing, but it's a bunch of kids this age on a bus trip. The bus is in Mexico, I think, and they wreck. And then the it's just the kids and maybe like a really young teacher left alive and nobody knows where they are so like some of them go off in one direction some of them stay where they are and all this messed up stuff happens to them while they're trying to be rescued uh the point i dropped off was when most of them had been rescued but drug dealers were after them and like all this crazy convoluted stuff was Mm -hmm. happening but just the the characters um like oh this is the good christian girl and this is the tortured 
Kurt Cobain kid, and this the is the artistic guy who's going to try and lead a bunch of women to follow him by quoting philosophers. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. College stereotype. God, that was rough to read. I hated yeah. that. Yeah. That guy. Yeah. Yeah. Like so obviously the Gaius Baltar without any redeeming mm-hmm. qualities. So Gaius Baltar. <laughs> sure. Battlestar Galactica. Oh, I've I've watched it a bit. I finally watched all of it right before we. I moved started to this watching store. it with you. Did we watch? Oh, right. The uh, the, the gimbal. The gimbal. The gimbal oh, was broken. I can't believe I forgot about the gimbal. <laughs> the gimbal was a deep cut. The gimbal oh. breaks in the first episode. I give this one an eight. I think it's really good at doing what it's doing. I want to. I don't know where it's going, which is exciting for me. I think that the art is different than the art in pretty much anything I'm reading, aside from a family trade, apparently. Um, it, it It's cool. I want to know more about it. It makes me feel like no other book makes me feel when I read it. I'm going to give it a seven and a half. Try uh, slasher. I yeah. want to. I hear the trade's coming out soon. I can't find the issues. Uh, I, I know a guy. <laughs> uh, I'm going to give this a seven and a half for uh, just a comic book, but I'm going to give it an eight and a half for like oogie laser points. Mm. Those, those go. <laughs> it's not an effective destructive laser, <laughs> but it'll make you feel. Oh, weird. it is gross. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> seven. Seven, seven, seven. Uh, I wish. It, it probably would be higher if I, I just, I'm not sure I can handle it. Yeah. Yeah, it's a gross and that's a, book. And that's a good thing. Yeah. Like, it's making it hard for me to get through. For making me feel like I'm sweating and coughing blood, um, that gets a 10.0. But that's not all we judge things on anymore, I guess. No. Oh, God, not in this house. So, in this house, we're going to move to the secret basement room, Ooh. where we only listen to black metal. Um, should we move into the dungeon for this? We should move into the dungeon for this. Is there uh, enough cocaine in the world for them to finish this story? I hope so. <laughs> That's why Greg Capullo has to take a month We're off. Only halfway through. Is, is spend time in rehab. So at the end of this last issue, we saw all these Batmans show up from dark, the dark multiverse, right? Mm-hmm. The, yep. the negative worlds. And uh, we had a real special call in about <gasps> this issue uh, this very morning. Jane, would you mind playing this? Yeah. So uh, here's here's the. Here's a voicemail we got. You guys, I, I hats off to you. You've been a great team. You've rised to every challenge that have faced you. But I just think it's time to throw in the towel. You guys got some real, real bad dudes staring down at you. I don't know how you're going to do it. I mean, look around. You got the satanic sardine off to your left. <laughs> You got the gym rat from the center of the earth right next to her. You got our collective AI fears there staring at you. Not to mention the flashback from the European nightclub in 99. Next to him backing him up is Wingman, who's the world's worst He-Man villain. Then the red zipster and the flying mosquito lamp. And then to top it all off, you got Batman back there if he never used any lotion. God, look how dry his skin is. That's why he's got to wear that horrible cloak. I just don't understand how you guys are going to do it. Uh, you're, you're in over your head, boys. You got a whole bat squadron of real bad dudes. I, my little bat caps, off to you, boys. Take the reins. <laughs> um... I don't know which one of those descriptions is my favorite. Oh, I tell you what. the red zipster? Was that his name? <laughs> yeah, or the world worth He-Man villain. Um, I uh, listened to that this morning, and 
didn't really immediately realize it was about Dark Knight's Metal. I just thought it was about the crazy week we've had here. Oh, gosh, yeah, no. We could probably put names to all those faces. Oh, yeah. You got Hellface, and you got the Screaming Growler, who will break your arm if you let him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, thanks for calling in, Mysterious Mask Man. Mysterious Mask Man. Yeah, no, always, always looking for those anonymous tips. On always looking for that. Sounds like you're doing well, Anonymous Mask Man. When I, when I uh, envision whoever called in and, and said that, it's like... Uh, he has a full beard, but no mustache. Mm. Oh, yeah. That's like you a know, cap and strap. Only talks out of the side of his mouth. Oh, well, he doesn't have the other side of his mouth. Oh, He's right. basically <laughs> like Jonah Hex. Jonah Hex. <laughs> so, uh, so, metal, metal. number three. <laughs> <laughs> right. This We're is, only talking uh, about that so that we could use that voicemail. Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo, of course, uh, with Jonathan Clapion and FCO Placencia. So, Love and Metal, so far. Loved the first two issues. Was really excited about this one. Definitely did not dislike this issue, but this issue started after a huge amount of stuff has happened. And that was... It, it just didn't pick up immediately where the last one ended. The end of number two, we have all the bad boys show up. Uh-huh. And then this one, we've got... Superman waking up from some sort of coma that he's been in for a while. Seven days. Seven days. And in that week... Seven days! Every town has been consumed and destroyed, and the only remaining good guys are hanging on some pocket dimension bar, and it's... It's super dense early on. Very dense early on. and it, it, It's more than a cold open. Like, the other ones were cold open. The Justice League is fighting these guys. Yeah, unless you read the Cold casting. open. Here's this other thing happening. And this one is like, seven days later, sorry, you got to read all the crossovers. <laughs> try, to, try to keep up. And I would... I, I guess that I was really liking the pace of the first two, and I liked how mm-hmm. interconnected the overall DC mythos was, and sort of like how this was happening, and then convincing me that like there was enough backstory built up that this made sense. And here it was like, fuck all that. I don't know. We gave you seventy percent of why this should exist, and now we're going to go into what happens afterwards. And I was like, no, like you've been laying some really cool groundwork from a really weird like cocaine-fueled, sleep-deprived, can't stop listening to Iron Maiden standpoint. I mean, there's a page in here that Superman just lands in a mountain of cocaine. Oh, yeah, that's you're right. True. I thought it was snow, but it's coke. Obviously, it's, obviously, they're just in a. Mister Freeze isn't all about that snow. <laughs> He's Mr. into Freeze. that cocaine. It just it made me it made me wish that there was another issue between this one and what happened last time. Yeah. Well, so I think what we really liked about the other two, I mean, even the other four issues, was that it felt self-contained and like it was drawing from a bunch of other Batman and DC mythos. Mm-hmm. And this one doesn't feel self-contained anymore. And it, it doesn't feels feel like, like it's drawing from anything anymore. It's like, all right, yeah. we've justified ourselves, so now we're just going. It felt mm-hmm. it felt like the most like an event that it's ever been so far. Yeah, I yeah. agree. But that being said, and like I it kind of bothered me while I was reading it, uh by the end though, I think the setup was worth it. For what happens at that, the end. Yeah, it's that like twist. 10 pages in the beginning, and I was like, I'm lost, and I don't know if I can finish this. And yeah. then I finished it, and I was like, fuck yeah. Yeah, no, it, it, it leads you up to that, like, all right, you know, all the heroes are going to band together. They're going to make their plan, and then one of them's going to do the crazy thing that is going to eventually save the day. And I'm like, all right, all right, I get it, I get it. And then, boom, you yeah. fucked up, Superman. I guess... 
I, I yeah, I liked that. I, I, I wish that because the next issue of this doesn't come out for two months. I guess that oh, I boy. wish that this part part of it like didn't end with like where maybe we've got a lead on what's going on. Like I felt like the whole issue sort of then found direction, and then it was like nope. Fuck off! We're back at this like where this issue began, mm. right? And I was like, mm. oh, where this issue began was my least favorite part of this issue. Like, yeah. I want to go back to where this makes sense. Okay, so well, this leads into Batman Lost afterwards, which yeah. works because now we're gonna find out kind of what happened between that time, except from Batman's perspective. Is that what like Batman how, Lost is? Yeah, like I'm, how I'm he assuming got so. Up on the on the evil source wall or whatever, the, like the S, like source in wall. the Little Mermaid when there all those bad spirits are going through the. Is that Little Mermaid? Maybe I'm thinking of Hercules. Fantasia. Fantasia. You're thinking um, of Philip Seymour Hoffman. What, <laughs> what uh, Jeff, you're you're a music guy. Sure. What did you think of the music thing in here where they uh, they revealed that na 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 Batman I is you actually... The, uh, my big complaint with that is that the number of nanas there doesn't match the song. Na 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 And there's an extra na there for Batman. Well, this is the metal version. Yeah, I guess that's that's true. Somebody got no, sloppy. No, no. Which means, like, there's an extra nod there. So I was oh, like, oh, boy. is it the Batman theme? I was like, wait, no, it's not. Or they just don't care. Well, sh- and sure, they do, but whatever. Or, or, you should write a letter, get your no prize. Maybe it's na-na-na-na, na-na-na-na, <laughs> Batman! <laughs> don't come here. <laughs> yeah, the... I actually thought that part was, it's cool that Scott Snyder, I think, is writing, like, music into it, because he knows Caputo mm-hmm. loves music, and that's a big concession of this story, but that whole, like, well, yeah, we have a code, and when Batman's yeah. in trouble, it's D-C, except this was C-D, which means backward. Like, Batman wouldn't have been, if I ret- reverse these two letters, then ba- Superman will know not to come to here. Like, no, that's, no. like, maybe just don't say where you are yeah, no, if you it, don't want him to come find it makes, you. Yeah, it makes sense. Well, I mean... Barbatos was saying the Carpe Diem. He was leading them to that. So, like, and so I think that was intentional on his part. But also, I think Batman put way too much faith in Superman's intelligence to catch the music hidden meaning. Yeah. Do you think that? Uh, do you think that that's a DC joke, like DC Comics? I didn't think about that until now. It's Clark Diana, but backwards, it's Detective don't, Comics. Don't read comics. Or don't come. <laughs> To the <laughs> universe, that <laughs> you let that hang there for a little too long. Uh, I'm going to give this one like a seven, seven and a half. I don't know if I if I could score the two halves separately, I'd probably give it like a five and a half and an eight. I tell you what, I do not like the characterization of Nightwing in here. And now that I think about it, I don't really know that I feel like Scott Snyder ever did very well with Dick, except for in the Black Mirror. Well, and he says, for more on Jon Snow Nightwing, we read Gotham Resistance. Is that... I don't need a Game of Thrones reference in my... Yeah, there's Gotham City Resistance is like another little mini about them yeah. being together and trying to take Those are all okay. those issues we sold out of. Okay, so that's that's not the... the. I guess I was uh, Nightwing as uh, totalitarian... No, that's Nightwing New Order. No. Okay. That's, this okay. is Jon Snow because he looks like Jon Snow because he's got a beard and we all love Game of Thrones, right? Wink, wink. Edit, edit that out so I don't sound like a dipshit. I won't, but I love you. I'm going to pretend you <laughs> did and I'm not going to listen to it. Yeah, the, in Nightwing, like, Damien's like, we need to go find my dad. And he's like, no, we lost. And I'm like, Dick Grayson doesn't do that. Dick Grayson pulls his pants down just a tiny bit, flashes the top of that gorgeous buttocks, and then he dives into the night to save someone who needs it. <laughs> yeah, Nightwing's been real dark and gritty lately. I don't know how I feel about him. It's that beard. 
Yeah? Is that John Snow No, I mean, Nightwing? not just in this. Like, Nightwing Justin. New Order. Oh, Justin. I didn't mean <laughs> to say Justin. <laughs> it's um, like uh, Nightwing's trying to grow his uh, Scott Free beard in this issue. <laughs> free beard. <laughs> Play Freebeard. Yeah, no, I I give this one a seven. I still like it. It it's the art's gorgeous, and I like the story. That's a really weird picture of Clark flying through this membrane. Of oh, reality. I loved that. that was He's really like cool. Smiling. He was gonna do it. He was gonna make it. Yeah, it's it it still it wasn't. It was a little bit more self serious than the other two had been yeah. and like i really liked the sort of stupidity of the other two and this one was more like all right now that we've developed it let's get into the story and i'm like no 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 go back into the crazy justifications of like pulling out crazy ideas from 70 50 years ago dc mythos to like make a dumb big story yeah i hope it's not i hope the next three issues aren't just like all right we're finding this piece of metal and we're finding this piece yeah. of metal and we're finding this piece of metal i'd be totally okay with that if it was an exciting adventure if they do it right yeah but yeah, I want oh, some Plastic Man out of the egg. I don't yeah. know like why those three have this metal in them. I think Roman would have really liked this. Plastic was, Man doesn't have it in him. His, his, his case containment is, egg is egg made out of one of the metals. And that's a weird thing. Is the egg, is who, the egg from Dark Knight Strikes Again? Uh, who put him in this egg? One. I I don't know who put him in the egg in the modern DC universe. We need but to call it, Roman. Yeah, it was, was in there. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call Roman. What do you think he's doing right now? Nobody could hear what you just did. You know, yawning. Yeah, sleeping. He's sleepy little Romy. Thinking, thinking hard. Thinking so hard. Thinking furiously. Hey, Roman, it's Django. It's hey. also Jeff and the the perfectly acceptable podcast. I'm Brayden. Oh, hi guys. Hi. Uh, you you got a minute? <laughs> yeah. So we were just talking about Dark Knight's metal, and uh, n- none of us know why Plastic Man is in the egg in the current DC universe. I remember it from Dark Knight Two, and and I think Jeff does too. But do we? Uh, well, wait. Jeff never read it. Right. But did did do we know why Plastic Man is in the weird nth metal egg? Oh man, I hate to let you guys down, but no, we don't. I mean, I don't. I don't. So if, if, Roman, if you don't know, then that it they haven't explained if it. If Roman doesn't know, because Plastic Man's his boy, then absolutely there it isn't a thing that people know. I, I think it's I. I mean, I think it's just it was inter- the Plastic Man egg was introduced in Dark Knight's Metal One or Two or whatever. But okay, so because we haven't wrong, even we <clears throat> haven't even seen him in uh, Rebirth, other than this, right? No. Okay. Hey, Roman, did you like Metal Number 3? Um, Metal Number 3? Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, I did. It was, yeah. I read it last night right before I fell asleep, and I was like, oh, geez, this is going to give me nightmares. But, oh, it was awesome. Like, that one was a little muddled. It was dense. It was very dense. It was awesome. Thanks, buddy. You're what, the best. What would you give it on a scale of uh, one laser beam to ten? I would give it, uh... I think I'd give it eight laser beams. Oh. Omega beams. All right. Bzzz. Omega beams. Baby baby dark side uh, omega beams. Zap. All yeah, right. Thanks, Roman. We love you. You bet. Bye, buddy. Bye. Bye. Roman is house sitting and not able to get here. God, I love that guy. Well, <clears throat> mystery solved. And that we don't have an answer. No, I have an answer. 
Scott Snyder put Plastic Man in that thing. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, was, it showed up in the Forge, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So yeah. I guess that's that's it. Do we get numbers from everybody? Yeah, uh, I gave it a seven. Seven as well. I gave it a confusing score. Yeah. I gave it, uh, like, lasers bouncing around mirrors. Exactly. Pew, pew. <laughs> Those are cocaine lasers. Um, You guys, I want to hear about God Complex, because I think that character design is great, and, um, <clears throat> and yeah, I... Can I don't I, know. Should we talk about God Complex or Marvel? We're we're pretty late, running running heavy. Are now. we running heavy? Well, we're at about an hour and ten, and we could skip action. Oh, we put that in the intro, didn't we? Yeah, we did. And God Complex. We can talk very quickly about both of those things. I can power through an hour of Marvel too. Okay. Uh, God Complex. God Complex. I read it. I fell asleep three times while I was reading it. It seems like a super computer version of The Wicked and the Divine mixed with Blade Runner. And uh, I was thrown into a universe I wasn't ready to learn about. Mm-hmm. But I think Braden liked it more than me. Yeah. Um, and in case you're curious, it was created by Brian Lai, written by Paul Jenkins, art by Hendry Prasetya, colorist Jessica Colin. Paul um, Jenkins wrote this? Mm-hmm. Yep. Wow. I'm going to have to read it in Paul Jenkins' voice. I read it in an American accent. Something's wrong with me. I don't think I'm friends with him. I'm friends with Peter Milligan, Mm. who just joined Facebook Messenger, I heard, according to Facebook Messenger. Oh. (laughs) Connected now. Um, Yeah, I... It was was definitely a world I wasn't prepared to enter as suddenly as it dropped me in it. Uh, If it was... uh, It was the opposite of family trade in terms of no exposition whatsoever mm-hmm. which i i like a lot um and there's this murder detective guy who's stumbled on some bodies and there's these it's like this cyberpunk city with these rulers slash gods greek, slash greek, bosses yeah like rulers named after greek gods and the as far as we can tell, they're just dudes with helmets. Super cool looking helmets, but it's unclear what exactly their role in society is and what their abilities are. But mainly what I liked about this comic was just the character design on pretty much every major character in it. Uh, got the main detective, Seneca, who's a little, I don't know, he's a little stereotypical, like emo hardened detective guy who's maybe going a little crazy with that helmet do you need to be anything other than that he's not the guy with the helmet he's not the guy with the helmet the guy with the helmet is one of the gods yeah and he he seems to know how (laughs) things work there's there's all this virtual reality stuff that they're dealing with and murders and there's a church that is problematic delta church Church triangle i i and he's got a jiminy cricket on his shoulder that talks in like square sandman font yeah it was, oh man, it was strange, and I'm not really sure what happened, but I got through the flow of it well. It moved me through the story, through their conversations well enough that I wanted to know what happened to these people and learn more about them. And I think if nothing else, it made me curious about this world. And I'm yeah, I'm not sure if it's going to be a story that I really enjoy, but it's definitely something I want to explore, and I'm excited to explore. I guess for me, it's a setting I'm ambivalent about. Mm-hmm. And there was one really confusing sentence that I read like four times and then fell asleep. <laughs> uh, it, says you're, they're, 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 it says you're standing in the substrata within inches of a ruler. 
And I hadn't really uh-huh. figured out that the rulers were the god, the, right. the people named after gods. Right. And I was like, why are you making that pun? Inches <laughs> is a bad word to put next to ruler. Like yeah. yeah, like right next to a ruler would have been better. Or bolding the word ruler would have been fine. Come on, Paul. Yeah. <laughs> um, I would give this a five. I don't think I'm going to stick with it. Not because I don't think it's it's well done, because the art was good. The Like the visuals... Even beyond the art, the visuals of the comic were were great. Yeah, I think they do the virtual reality stuff really well. Yeah, and I think that reading it when I'm not just exhausted, I would probably dig it more. But it's a setting that I don't really identify with. It's a setting that I haven't played around much in terms of any of the fiction I've consumed. So I'm yeah, I'm down to explore this weird cyberpunk mythological world. So what do you got for it? Uh, six and a half. Um, I'm not convinced I'm going to like all these characters, but I like how they're designed and how they look and how they interact with each other. You're going to read the next one? I will. I think I'm not. I'll let you know if you should. If if it's on a setting you're into, then you probably don't need to. No, but but I I mean, I like detectives, and I don't have anything against uh, the future. So (laughs) if if you say you think I'd like the next one, I'll read it. All right. But that's probably the only way I'm going to read it because life's mm-hmm. too short to read a bunch of steam, uh, uh, future yeah, punk. Like, Jenga yeah. doesn't like steampunk. Cyberpunk. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> the next steampunk, I'd like it probably about the same. You guys, yeah. can we take a step, uh, step just parallel, tangential, sideways? Yeah. And uh, I want to, I want to get a real heavy duty Marvel power hour. Mm. Buckshot. Boom! Listen, I can hook you up with a Marvel power hour. Yeah. I, it's like laser buckshot. I'm gonna set the timer for one hour. And that—that <laughs> that means I will see you then. Listen, I strap in, folks. I read at least five Marvel books this week, um, and they were all at least pretty good. Uh, and Beautiful Squirrel Girl <laughs> finishes off her adventures in the Savage Land, beating up uh, T Rex version of Ultron, oh. which is insane. Wow. Uh, this is the finale to that arc. Uh, spoilers, she pops her claws. She wrestles with the, the moral question of killing an opponent for the first time in this series. And she handles it super well because, like, she thinks about it, like, for a panel. And she's like, no, I don't want to kill anyone. And it's perfectly, like, sums up, like, this moral conflict that other characters struggle with for issues at a time. <laughs> and is she hanging out with Craven? Yes, Craven is back. He's like he was from like the very first arc, and they're buddies, and they beat Ultron together, and it's it's super fun. All the dialogue is very clever. There's more coding references than you can code a stick at. You're you're <laughs> tempting me with this coded stick. Oh yeah, um, definitely one of my favorite books from Marvel. Uh, nine out of ten. Plus, uh, bonus point, it has word balloons on the cover. It's got a oh, lot yeah. of word balloons on the pages, too. Oh, it's true. yeah. I know you love those words, Jeff. Man, I like a sound. Mm. <laughs> well, look for, look for those snucks in there. I did. I found them already. They're amazing. <laughs> perfect, perfect. Um, uh, what else, else did you read, Brayden? I read Runaways, number two, which is pretty fun. Uh, I don't think the art is quite as perfect as it could be, but that's a preference thing. It's... All done very well. Um, the only problem with this book is that you it is not a jumping on point for new readers. It's definitely made for fans 
of like the very first Brian K. Vaughn run and people who have like kind of kept up with them and have been wondering what they've been up to. It's, it was something I was hoping Jeff could maybe like jump into, but I haven't read the original runaways. So yeah, I had hoped that I would as well. And then after getting a little ways in that first issue, I realized that was not, yeah, absolutely not. It's, it's bringing back an old character from that. And it's kind of exploring this whole issue is just exploring what they've been through since she's been gone. And, it's it's good, but pretty much only if you're a Runaways fan. Yeah. Which I am, so it works for me. But, we give it? Uh, 7 out of 10. Can I tangent for a second? Tangent. I mean, yeah. Tangent DC, uh, DC had another two-page uh, tribute to Len Wein uh, this month, mm-hmm. and Marvel's got one-page tribute to Len Wein. Is that um, the same pattern that we saw with Steve Dillon? And does that mean anything? I, I don't remember really Marvel's tribute, and D- DC's tribute was like a double-page spread from Preacher. Yeah. So, I don't know. They've got cheaper comics, too. That's yeah, they're, they're spending... Well, I guess maybe they... Uh, who cares? I just <laughs> It was just something that jumped out at me looking at that. Listen, I'm sure... Yeah, that's a weird... I don't know. Len doesn't care. Yeah. Um, I read Falcon number one, which just happened. Uh, it's one of the big Marvel Legacy titles that's... Uh, Sam Wilson's dropped the shield. He's got the wings back on. He's fighting crime and corruption in Chicago. It's fun. It's good to see this character back in action. Like, I didn't read a whole lot of uh, the Nick Spencer stuff with him. But, yeah, I don't know if people preferred him with the shield or without. But this is definitely a good start. Jeff, if you series. want words, there's words in this comic. Oh, yeah, there's, there's a, a lot there's of words. A lot of words. This, this, is, this is like, this comic is the king of words. It's not that I don't like words. I love words, but I love when it's balanced appropriately. And I feel like more often than not, people use a lot of words when they either don't trust the artist or aren't familiar with the artist or not super familiar with the medium itself. Yeah, this is, this is quite word-heavy, and I think it could have uh, benefited from more art. There are two... More- splashy art two panels in here that i really like the the on page one like the overhead shot of mm-hmm, falcon and coming down and then the shot of the the dude shooting a guy in the face right in front of falcon mm-hmm. um that that page i think is that's a that's a really well done page and not something i would expect to see in a marvel book like the art in this does not look bad though no not at all it looks almost a little bit like dennis cohen oh gosh Ain't that's it. a nice page too yeah uh six and a half out of ten what's <laughs> Has, it's not my favorite Marvel book. I'm not sure if I'm going to keep up with it too much. Probably at least for this arc. But Trevor, who works here, thought that this was the bee's knees. Trevor is super pumped on that Falcon juice, and yeah. I'm happy for him. Oh, Blackheart's in it. Yeah, Blackheart. That's cool. I don't know who that is. Everybody but. remembers him from Marvel vs. Capcom too. Absolutely. You know, speaking of Dennis Cohen, uh, I heard they're bringing up bringing the Milestone universe back. Sorry, that's DC. This Milestone? is the Marvel Power Hour. Yeah, get your DC out of here, buddy. I don't even buddy. get that reference. Oh, it's it's it was like uh, I think at the time they they called it like the urban DC heroes or something like that. Oh, it's clear, guys. We'll add weird, a couple minutes weird, to the hour weird. for this one. Oh yeah, we took several minutes out in the middle, so it'll be an hour and two minutes of Marvel. Hour and two minutes. Star Wars Doctor Aphra finished off its arc this week. Uh, Darth Vader showed up, and Doctor Aphra shot a guy, and that's. All I want to see her do is shoot people. And this was by Kieran Gillian Anderson, is that right? Uh, yeah. Whoa, man! Absolutely, Kieran Gillen did it. Who's going to be writing Star Wars now? How close is this series to ending? Because I imagine he's going to stop it once Star Wars starts. I thought that too, and this seemed like a pretty capstone issue for the series. 
but it's got a whole next issue thing on the next on the last page mm-hmm. and so i'm happy if he's happy writing both of them because mm-hmm. i love this series too do you think he has to kill her before the next episode like before he catches up in the timeline there's still quite a bit of time between then so well yeah it might I mean, happen because if not she's got to make an appearance in those movies yeah oh, she's yeah. got to right i would Do love you think that. so well, she'd be old. They, they've never oh, brought true. anyone created in take, books or comics. Can we take a minute to just talk about Star Wars for a second? Oh. I got a tangent, tangent, tangent here. There was a trailer. There was a new trailer. I watched that. Um, we had an original trilogy of Star Wars movies. Then, years later, we had a second trilogy of Star Wars movies. Mm-hmm. Now, years later, we're having a new trilogy of Star Wars movies come out. And in the years between each of those trilogy movies, we're getting a totally like separate world story. Do you think that this is a trilogy and then after this third one comes out, they're going to do other things? Or is this actually not a trilogy? Are they like I mean, every other movieing the main thrust of the Star Wars universe? Or are they really sticking it to trilogies? I think they're trying to crank out a movie every year now if they can. Right, but do you think that like this three will function as a trilogy in the way that the last, like yes. the, the other six do? And yeah. then do you think that maybe they'll do another trilogy like way before any of them? I think or, if like, they do that... They have to make nine more movies, and they have to do it twice, so we have a trilogy of trilogy trilogies. Oh, God. Yeah. And then we'll have all these one-shots, but I was just trying to, like, where is the backbone of it going to be? Like, I like the one-shots, but how are they going to be telling the backbone of Star I know Wars? the backbone. It's, I can't. It's the, the Skywalker dynasty. Oh, man. Right? So it follows the Skywalkers from episode one through episode nine. You know what we need is Catherine Winchell in here. Oh, man. She would know. One of our favorite subscribers who's just got a job oh, at wait, NASA. I <laughs> Yeah, I, I hope they don't make another trilogy, because I like having the originals in the center there, and then we've got prequels bookending it on one side and sequels bookending it on the other side, and yeah. that can just be the, and then, the entire arc. So you would like then sort of just more like one-offs and stuff, because we've got like three more one-offs already planned. Yeah, I I wouldn't mind like a... Like if they pick the right character, I'd... Sure, and, the and they're definitely going to try and make as many like one-offs oh, like yeah. that as they can, or another trilogy even, but... I kind of wish they wouldn't. As long as it's not just a bunch of interquels where everybody dies. Mm-hmm. Sounds like you got one more Marvel book before we end one this more, thing with one, a real one, up note. One more Marvel Power Hour Power book. Uh, All New Wolverine 25. Uh, I read the first like arc and maybe the second one of this book. Uh, I think you recommended it to me like ages ago when it first came out. I really liked the first couple of issues and then I stopped reading it. Um, it's got Laura and one of her clone sisters named Gabby who's super cool. And Dakin is back. Wolverine's weird son who was abandoned in Japan or something. I I don't abandoned. Japandoned. I'm I'm disappointed you didn't say that to start to begin with. Listen, I'm one and a half beers down. My portmanteau game is not <laughs> what it could be. <laughs> um, it was a good start. It made me want to read, go back and read more of this. Uh, because I like Laura a lot. I remember. She, like reading her for first comics, like about her origins, and then uh, NYX and stuff, where mm-hmm. she was on her own. Like those were some of my formative comics. Like when I first started getting into stuff again. Um, this art is really cool too. It looks it looks like uh, if the Luna Brothers didn't just use mannequins for their drawing. <laughs> like there there are interesting angles and yeah, in there. and the people don't look quite. A, is that McKelvey? No, 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 it looks no. like some McKelvey. Yeah, it looks like the Luna Brothers without mannequins for reference. Yeah, it's, it's, I don't know, nothing jumped out about it as like outstanding to me, but 
It just felt like a really solid superhero comic, and that's mm-hmm. kind of all I want from Marvel right now, and it's well, kind of hard to find. There's the shot in the beginning of Wolverine looking like he's holding a lightsaber. That's pretty rad. Oh, yeah. No, he's got oh, that katana. I know that katana. That's the he, Rojo like, katana? He killed uh, Dak and Anne like Sabretooth with it back right, in the day, who that, are both the back now. the only metal that can kill them. Mm-hmm. It's almost like Inth metal. <laughs> but, yeah, no, that's... We have to go to the Marvel Universe to finish infecting Batman with I metals. Bendis tweeted that they're bringing back the Amalgam Universe. Oh, yeah, no, really? I heard about that, Which too. super fucking cool to me. Are they going to do it with, like, top-tier writers and artists? I don't, I don't know. I have, I've looked up for, like, other follow-up, and nobody said anything. I don't know if Bendis was joking or if it was... So how many Wolverine lightsabers? Uh, seven and a half. Um, yeah, that's going to wrap it up for this week's episode of uh, Braden's Marvel Power Hour. Um, I also really like Marvel books and would love to get in there with you. I usually read a couple, but I don't know. Listen, we had a caller last week who was uh, way into Marvel and not so much the DC stuff. Yeah. And so I just I just wanted to make sure people know that we do read Marvel books I don't here know as that well. he was really into Marvel. No, that's what he said. He I said, I love Marvel I think he Talk just wanted to just pick a fight with a man named Ronnie Doyle. And he, and he chastised Batman, but he didn't say anything about Marvel. Listen, I'm going to forever label he that man Boom. as a big Marvel fanboy. He loves Image. He loves... He loves Marvel. Does he? <laughs> Jay? Does yeah. he? Yeah. Well, he reads a lot of it. Yeah. Jay, so Jay's gonna, superheroes is Marvel. We're going to wind this thing down following our, our big buddy Superman. Big buddy clark action comics 989 chapter three of the oz effect i guess the big thing that i can't stop noticing is how much of the appeal of greg capullo's art i think is actually his inker because this looks like it could absolutely be yep uh greg capullo and it's just because of the inker this is written by yeah, right. dan jurgens and it's uh victor bogdanovich is the artist and the it's 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 this is a really good instance of if you're not really sure the impact that an inker can have on the art of a comic book um i would absolutely pick up uh, a, a copy of this and a copy of like new superman new superman does he also do that bogdanovic does yeah oh does he um and then yeah the, the the inker in this and yeah i don't know it's 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 interesting to me it's interesting to me the inkers, uh, Trevor Scott. I Trevor think Scott that, and Bogdanovich does his own inks. Yeah. Is. Um, so, yeah, this issue we keep following Jor-El talking to Superman and... Uh, Trying to convince him that humans are bad, which is just a losing argument. It's a losing argument because Superman, like, what's the most interesting about... Su- I mean, to me, the most interesting thing about Superman is, is his willingness to be a shining light for humanity and it's not even that he is perfect but it's that he believes that people need somebody to follow as being perfect you need goku you need jesus christ mm-hmm. you need superman Eminem. You, you need eminem <laughs> listen you guys let's take it back to eminem for a second uh, let's not but i can't believe how bothered by eminem Braden is i can see it in his eyes he says he said some shitty stuff. Everybody has said some shitty stuff. Not Superman. Yeah, I didn't say it like, you know, example. live to millions of people, like on a popular record. <laughs> I mean... What I'll... is the role of art if not to be able to provide some type of voice? <laughs> even if it's not who you really are, or if you're in a time... Never mind. You know what? I'm going to eat this donut bite. <laughs> Mar- Marshall Mathers is no Superman, I think, is, is what it really comes I down would... to. Although he raps a lot about Superman. Oh, he does. <laughs> I... On most of his records. And I know most of the lyrics. Could I borrow them? 
You cannot borrow my records, only my no, comics. Just okay. my issues. Okay, okay. <laughs> Those are mine. <laughs> uh, yeah, so this issue, I guess the thing that I took from it was that they just really wanted to have a splash page where Jor-El shows up in a newsroom <laughs> and talking to Lois. Yeah. I didn't love this issue. I didn't love this issue either. I like the conceit of this story, but I'm not interested in, in where it's going right now. Like right now, that this seems like the thrust and where it's going to go in the next issue is uh, Jor-El trying to sway John, Superman's mm-hmm. son, into abandoning humanity as well. Because we know he can't sway Superman, right? And I'm just not interested in that. Like, let Superman be Superman and tell this story about Watchmen, Jor-El, Ozymandias, yeah. like, Dr. Manhattan. I'm upset that Jor-El doesn't realize how clearly he was being manipulated. Like, I'm going to yoink you out of this death and put you with, like, the worst part of humanity and make you hate it. And it's like, can you really not see that you're being manipulated? Yeah, especially, like, since he's... So clearly, somebody trying to manipulate other people, you'd expect him to be able to identify that. Mm-hmm. I I think that the first issue, second issue of this, interesting. Um, I think I'll be interested in the last issue of this, but kind of like the button, I want it to be a thing that's done, and I want to be a part of Doomsday Clock. I think that DC has done some really intelligent stuff by dragging out this story for a year and a half. Like, it's a smart business move. I don't like it personally, because I would like to have the stories now, but it's, it's smart to... Uh, you had the button and everyone was talking about this thing and then you've got this and everyone's talking about it still and then Doomsday Clock comes next month and it's it's just very... Uh, you can you can smell editorial on it. Uh, but it's a cool story. But yeah, I'm, I, I don't think this needs to be a big four-issue thing about Jor-El and humanity. And I'm, I'm ready for it to... Well, and there are three instances in this issue where Superman or um, Lois question whether this is actually Jor-El. And so I wonder if the next issue is going to be where they nearly reveal that it's not Jor-El, and the issue that nobody ordered any copies of is going to be the one where they're like, oh, just kidding, it wasn't (laughs) actually Jor-El in part four plus one of the story. Yeah, it's... I I think my favorite part was just the title page where it has the Oz effect written, and every panel has some instance of, like, the absolute lack of humanity that people display. Yeah, and Superman sort of reeling in that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I would I would give this a six point five. I think it's it's fine. Uh, it's not as good as the other issues, and I'm ex- I think it'll be a good story to read. But um, in terms of a thing that is trying to be getting us closer to the, you know, the button. No, what's that? Fuck! I just uh, said Doomsday it. Clock. Doomsday. In terms of a thing that's getting us closer to Doomsday Clock, it seems. I don't know, just to sort of be a little bit of a red herring. Um, I'm going to give it a six. Um, And if I were solely grading this on smell, I would give it like a two because this comic smells like dust and mold. And Whoa. I think it's, it's the lenticular, something in the lenticular Smells like Doral's crusty eye. It smells like you guys yeah. think that Eminem wrote this thing, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> yeah, smell smell that cover. Smell that inside cover. That's what the lenticulars smell like, dude. Yeah, I don't, I don't like it, and smell is important to it me. Smells like burnt pasta or something. If you're going to write a comic, I, I expect it, it to good. smell good. <laughs> Gosh, it's hard to please. Uh, I give it a five. It's... Uh, 
smelly. It's it's too stinky. Uh, <laughs> Man, the fact that I gave it a six point five and I'm the high person here, like the, not no. actually high, but I had the high score. Um, mm, makes excuse me, me. Excuse me. Makes me yeah feel like maybe I don't even like no. it six point five. I more, I, I want to know what happens, but that's all I want out of it mm-hmm. really right now. Uh, yeah. One thing I will say is. The Detective Comics spinoff that started in 965, 966 came out this week has been really cool. It's doing some really cool exploration of Tim Drake. Yeah, I wish that we wouldn't be selling out of it. So I we'll could get more. It. It's it's we'll get more. Yeah. Also, I'd like to apologize to everyone for uh, talking down to Jeff two weeks ago and telling him that the Lonely Place of Dying was about. I Oh god damn it! You edited it out. Oh, yeah, you, you told me to. you apologize for nothing. <laughs> you gonna edit this out? Yeah. No. <laughs> no, you're right. I won't. Is that how I sound to you? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, do we have any other laser news? Pew. Laser bits. Oh. Laser bits. I could have sworn I saw a laser on something I read this <laughs> week. Uh, man, I don't know how to end this. I think. Uh, I think is you'll just edit like a. I'm not going to do it stark. I'm going to sort of fade it out. But I'm going to want to find a nice tune to fade it out on. I almost hung up on Roman (gasps) when he said he didn't know the answer. I almost just hit end. Ooh, wow. That would have been a good bit. I would have done it if we talked to him before. Like, if, if we'd planned it. I it would have, have totally been a just hung up on it. Yeah, if you if you didn't yeah. know, that would have just devastated. I, would have been I know. So mean. <laughs> you see how cute he got when he realized we we're on the podcast. Hey, yeah. Hello. Oh yeah. hi. He was going to be regular Roman, where he's just like gross and sweary and he sweaty. Was, like and... the top six buttons are undone. Yeah. And he's just got like two low. You can ones. see the gold chains that you can't see when oh. he's wearing his shirt and the animal bone that hangs around his neck. Yeah. He's oh. so god. He's a man. Yeah. He's he's basically like uh, Craven like the a, Hunter. Craven the Hunter, Craven Witch the Hunter Doctor, was looking pretty cute in that unbeatable hair boy. Issue. Oh gosh, he's the cutest. Yeah, except for when he's real horrible. Yeah, some, when he's resting out of the grave. When it's he's a little... saying some horrible shit to millions of people. You know? <laughs> <laughs> My name's Eminem. <laughs> I'm Marshall. I'm Craven, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>